This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 97. Ah, uh, Mama Needs a Time Out. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. So, by the time <laughs> this episode Goodness. goes live, how many weeks has quarantine now been? The perfect number seven. <laughs> oh, seven. It's like a number of completion or That's something, right. right? So, shouldn't it be done? Yes, hopefully. <laughs> We've had our 40 days and 40 nights, right? Yes. Yeah. So, it's about. I don't know, five weeks longer than we had expected with really no end in sight. Mm-hmm. I know some provinces and states and cities are starting uh, to open up yeah, a little they're, bit. Yeah, they're kind of. And, and yeah. you read through their plans and you're like, okay, well, I can kind of see how that can work. But Alberta, where we're living, is taking a different tact. We're still locked down. They have canceled festivals oh, that man. have not been canceled for over a hundred years. Well, something yeah, because like right? Edmonton is considered a city of festivals. Yes, like, that's it really like their does. Name. Yeah, it really does lead the way in winter and summer festivals, and it really is one of those things that if you want to find looks, something to do on yeah. the weekend, you will always find something. Oh, always, always. Yes. But uh, I guess the next few weekends or. <laughs> Weekends uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> are going to be found in our backyard. <laughs> yes. So while we love our kids and definitely love each other, we've honestly never been together in close quarters for this long, day in <laughs> and day out. And we're realizing how much we actually all eat. Yes. <laughs> our grocery bills have gone exponentially increased. Right? Yeah. And I mean, for me, I, I, yeah, lunches, I'm here for lunches now and I do usually eat a lot. You weren't, yeah. yeah. Usually I'm not. But our kids are just like <laughs> going to town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, remember when I bought the, it's no longer. We didn't yeah, even get a taste. Yeah, that trail mix. Literally two days after I was like, oh, I want to try some of that. Gone. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to binge eat in our family, I guess, if you want <laughs> yeah. to have something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I honestly thought by now I personally would have a better handle on a routine for the kids and for myself, working and chores and cooking and cleaning and all of that. I mean, if y'all didn't know before, I was actually a stay-at-home mom for almost five years before I transitioned to working from home. And you'd think with all that past experience, I'd be used to balancing all that comes with home and work life. Hmm. But no. <laughs> yeah, well, you had reprieves, right? You had That's breaks. True. You I had, had nap It was either times. Yeah, nap time. We or, would walk to the park. Or they would be at school. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. They're always here. <laughs> Completely. Yep. And so this is, I mean, it's uncharted territory for me. It's uncharted territory for everyone, right? I'm used to being able to work uh, like a chunks at a time, an hour here, an hour there, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. But now, literally, I am lucky if I get like 20 minutes to sit down and have concentrated time before I hear, Mom, can you help me? Yes, and that is why on today's episode, we want to talk about showing grace to your family, even when they're driving you crazy. And if they haven't yet driven you crazy, you're probably living in denial, (laughs) right? That's like phase one of the whole grieving process, so... (laughs) 
We're in week seven. Okay. Don't worry. So, anger will come. <laughs> yes, anger will come. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so there definitely is that cycle. But yeah, we really do want to talk about this notion of and how to and really give you five practical ways to be able to show grace to your family uh, when they drive you crazy. Because really, sometimes it just seems like too much. And th- and that's why, honestly, even with our mini episodes, if you haven't tuned into them, the one on breathing prayers or pausing and doing palms up and palms down. And these ones are, we really did them to be super quick and to help you recenter yourself and to breathe. And to, because friends, we're not in a sprint. <laughs> this is a marathon. Right. And I know some people are like, well, we gotta, we're going to, it's going to be like this until the vaccine comes out. Well, friends, it's going to be a long time until the vaccine comes out. So when we think about it from that perspective, not to be too much of a downer, we really do have to think about self-care, family care, and the prevailing word through the season definitely has to be grace. Mm -hmm. And we don't want our family to look back on this time together and remember the short tempers or how the kids felt like maybe an inconvenience to the goals of their parents. Y'all know we're Enneagram 3s, and so goal reaching and goal setting are high on our list naturally. But we have had to take a deep breath, slow down, and change and shift our courses. So instead of them feeling like that, instead of us looking back and remembering all the stressful times, we really want our family to look back on this time and remember feeling safe. Not just from COVID, not just from this pandemic, but safe in our hearts and in our minds as well. Yeah, so just even right now, before we get into the core content of this episode, why don't you take a moment, and you can even hit pause on this episode too to reflect uh, just a little bit, but why don't you think back to a moment in time where you did something that you knew you deserved punishment for, but you instead received grace? Just think about that for a moment. How did you feel in that moment when you knew you knew you were supposed to deserve punishment and there were those consequences, but instead it was complete grace? There's this word that comes up a lot in our home and actually even more in the Bible. The word is grace. The Bible describes grace as an undeserved gift from God. So one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, and it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. So as much as Christ has shown us undeserved grace, we are to extend the same undeserved kindness to others, including, especially (laughs) including, our family members who are constantly around us at this time. Yeah, so here's some ways that we've learned to show grace, and we'll explain and give you five ways to do this. And it goes by the acronym GRACE, right? G-R-A-C-E, just to help you remember this. So let's start with the first letter, which is G, and that's beginning with gratitude. This is a really, really important aspect for us, especially during quarantine. I, as you may have heard before in other previous podcasts, I drive the kids to school. And on our drives, we prayed every morning together before I dropped them off. I would ask the kids to think of one thing that they are thankful for. And then they would answer. And one of our rules was that they just couldn't say the same thing over and over again because that would mean that they're just thinking out of memory, not actually out of their hearts. It really helped shape the day and remind us to be grateful for what we have. It also helped us point our eyes to Jesus and remind us that even life itself is a gift. Yeah, recently I asked our kids, because we haven't done this in a while, 
because obviously we've we're not school. driving them as well. Yeah. So <laughs> we're I, not driving anywhere. <laughs> so I asked them. I was like, "Hey, kids, what are you thankful for today?" And Adeline said she's thankful for homeschool and just what that looks like right now and the way I, they're just loving it uh, at this moment, generally more loving it than not. <laughs> Victoria was like, oh, I'm thankful for Sour Patch Kids. And I think that was her way to say, can we buy Sour Patch Kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have all the other snacks. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And then I went to Makaris and I was like, hey, Makaris, what are you thankful for? And he looked at me in the eyes and he said, you. I'm thankful for you. <laughs> and then your heart melted. Yeah, I was like, let's buy sour vegetables right now. <laughs> what else do you want? <laughs> Gummies? Go ahead. <laughs> so remembering to be grateful, honestly, this is a, a discipline and a practice that we can do together, not just the kids, but we can all choose to do on a daily basis. And this is this really helps. Honestly, it really does help when you get frustrated, not if, but when you get mm-hmm. frustrated during those times, because it often seems or it really does seem like it's happening more often than now because we are home all the time and and we are in each other's spaces so when we're angry being grateful and choosing to be grateful and thankful helps us stop take deep breaths and to counter blessings now we're saying this but we also don't want to sound like we are just pushing our anger away because that's actually not healthy our anger can be signaling to us many more emotions that are underneath the surface i love this example where you look at an iceberg you see the tip of the iceberg and if you can imagine the word anger Mm. written across the tip of the iceberg and then what's below the surface what's below the water are so many other emotions yeah disappointment resentment harboring feelings of (laughs) jealousy, anxiety, fear, all of these things. Mm -hmm. So perhaps when we're feeling angry or perhaps when our kids are feeling angry, it's because of other things that are going on, like being tired or stressed, even having maybe not eaten all day. Yeah, completely. And also it might just be that you haven't gotten enough sun. You haven't gotten enough vitamin D or it could be that there's a chemical imbalance inside and, and like we don't take multivitamins, but there are particular vitamins that we're very diligent in taking. So perhaps it's that imbalance as well that you need to think about too. And in the end... Part of being grateful is remembering to be purposeful about it, that we can still point our hearts and minds to Jesus and to the things that he has given us. So that's G. The next letter is R, which stands for resist, as in to resist letting our emotions overtake us. For some of us, that's a lot easier said than done, right, Daniel? We even see it in our own kids. Mm -hmm. Some of us interpret the world through our emotions, and they are literally as strong as facts, maybe even stronger than facts. For example, Enneagram 4s, you know we love the Enneagram. Enneagram 4s are more naturally in tune with their emotions, and they have no trouble knowing how they feel and expressing to others how they feel. They also have no issue with sitting in uncomfortable feelings or like sadness or melancholy. Like I said, it's literally comfortable for them to be in that emotion. Yeah, and whether that emotion is rational or irrational to others, uh, there are many who see those as facts and it's hard to convince them otherwise or even really it's it's futile to be like, well, that's just that's just how you feel. No, I mean, to some that is fact and we do need to understand that sense of it. Then there's some of us, 
like Enneagram 3s right here, <laughs> that actually naturally push our emotions aside because they quote unquote get in the way of us accomplishing our goals or getting the work done. I literally know how this feels. Like when I'm tired or hungry, if I am passionate about a project, I can literally push those body signals away because I'm trying to get it done. Yeah. And the fact is, we may not even know how to express our emotions because we've never really practiced. And as a result, it really does come out in unhealthy ways. Early on in, I forget which episode I shared when we were living in Korea for a couple of years, I was getting counseling. Well, it was part of my counseling class. And instead, it was like, do you want to write a final paper or do you want to get six sessions of counseling and journal about it? <laughs> As a student, guess which one I chose. So <laughs> yeah. after getting that, it was I, I honestly thought that we were making good progress. And about session four or so, my counselor literally yelled at me. She literally said this and it, it just seared into my mind. She's like, <laughs> I don't care what you think. I'm asking how you feel. And I was like, there's There's a a difference. difference. (laughs) (laughs) And she was so frustrated, like to the point of, I don't want to counsel you anymore. And I was like, what do you, what? Oh, oh, I guess, I guess I have been saying, I think, because she had kept on asking me, how do you feel? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And I was like, well, I think about this, you know, I think that, and I think, so we need to understand that. Yes. For some, emotions might be reality and and you might be comfortable sitting in that. And for others, you may just want to push it out of the way and think your way to a solution instead. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold. I think that's really powerful, Daniel, that you're sharing that because I think if we were to stop and consider how our children are processing their emotions and how actually their reactions are to the situation, we may be able to see a difference between some kids who are really willing to express how they feel and sit in those uncomfortable feelings versus other children who may just want to push past them or forget them or look at the bright side of every situation, even though we really do need to process the whole gamut of all the emotions that we may have. Mm-hmm. So because we all handle our emotions differently, resisting letting our emotions overtake us looks different. If you're really in tune with your own emotions, this might mean that you are missing out on what others are feeling, right? You're in tune with your own, but you might think that that overshadows or everyone thinks that or feels the way that you're feeling too. So sometimes we need to remind ourselves that we can't trust our own emotions because they might be clouding out the full story. So for me right now in the way that I lead, because I know that everyone processes emotions differently and we are in a high emotional environment because we're all dealing with this pandemic, I sometimes very explicitly say to someone else, I was like, hey, I just want you to understand that this is how I see you. I value you. I And I just go on encouraging or speaking life into them because sometimes we just kind of 
let it pass by and we're like, well, they don't actually really mean it. So I, I just, I find myself needing to just slow down and be like, no, please, have you heard me in this? Mm, that's really good. And I know you're talking about that in a work situation. Mm-hmm. I think that would be so powerful for us to even express that to our spouse and express that to our children. Yeah, that's right. So if you're not so in tune with your own emotions, you may need to stop and take a moment to process. Mm. Like not just one second, (laughs) longer than that. And take the time to ask yourself, one, why am I acting this way? And two, what is actually behind my actions? Why am I doing what I am doing right now? Yeah. So whichever camp you're in, it's important to remind our hearts and our emotions to rest in the presence and the power of our Heavenly Father and for the way and and to understand that he said, never will I leave you nor forsake you. So that's R, which stands for resist, right? So G is beginning with gratitude. R is resisting, letting our emotions overtake us. And A uh, stands for adjust. And we need to adjust our thinking. When we are feeling a certain way, like no one cares about the work I do at home, or I'm not valued, no one cares about me, it's actually easy to find proof for that narrative because those are the lenses that you are putting on to see the world. Perhaps you feel like you have told everyone to pick up their socks a million times. This is not a personal example at all. (laughs) And then you Uh. see your spouse and children leave their socks everywhere. I don't know about y'all, but I don't know Uh. why that and cushions. Oh my goodness, the cushions on the floor want to drive me into a rampage sometimes. Not just because of the socks, not just because of the cushions, but because in some ways I feel unheard, underappreciated, and that all my hard work of keeping the house clean does not matter to them and goes unnoticed. I'm sure I'm the only one who feels like this, right? <laughs> so so invite us into that internal dialogue, right? A little bit more. Just tease that out when you feel unheard, even on the sock example, because that, that is a really good <laughs> uh, Yeah, what, what, what goes on in your heart? I feel like I'm the one who's bearing the weight of keeping the house in order mm-hmm. because I know, I know for a fact that our that we work better, we communicate better, we feel better when our house is, I mean, it doesn't have to be spotless, but it's just less cluttered. And I know for myself, I'm a better mom because mm-hmm. if I look around and I don't see tons of things out of place, it just in my mind lets me breathe and I need that. So I feel as though I've expressed this a few times and maybe I could express it a little bit more when I'm not in anger. Mm-hmm. But when I res- when I express it and feel like nobody's listening to me, it's really hurtful. And I think I show my anger because I'm hurt. Yeah. So what does it look like for you to adjust your thinking then? Well, going back to the sock example, I we could even set a family meeting because really we're not always around each other, right? So maybe this is a time we need to set a family meeting and talk about the bigger picture. And the bigger picture in this example may be how everyone concentrates better when the house is not in shambles. Then we could work back from there, like backwards from there. That means, like, what does that mean for our family? Maybe that means that we all need to do our part in keeping things where they belong. If this isn't a place for the socks, like one time I saw the socks hanging on the banister. (laughs) I was like, wait, I don't understand. Like, did they just 
throw them off? I don't understand. So keeping things in place and then maybe even communicating like, okay, where do the socks go when you know, you went out for the morning, but you know you're going to go out for the afternoon. Do they go on top of the banister? Do they go beside your bed? Do they go on the floor? Where should they go? And then versus like, hey, if we're done for the day, the socks go in the hamper. Yeah. And so this is so powerful because there's this internal dialogue going on. And if it happens over and over and over and over again, we can see ourselves as the victims. And if it goes on so much we can see uh, eventually if we feel unheard we can feel like um, not only the victim but that it's helpless that it's hopeless that there's nothing that we can do so we kind of just resent or we stir and, and that's that underneath the surface illustration that Christina was talking about you know above the surface there's anger but underneath the surface there's a lot of other things so um, even in a previous episode and we'll, we'll make sure to link all the other episodes that we're referring to in our show notes in between.org slash episode 97 but even when it comes to making bids right as we referred to in previous episodes even it's sometimes there are these you may not even want to make bids anymore because of this internal frustration and hopelessness that you're like well it's not even going to work like who cares anymore yeah, exactly exactly so so instead of doing that and instead of seeing ourselves as the victim christina i really like this idea of being proactive and adjusting our thinking to and and really honestly giving our loved ones the benefit of the doubt that Perhaps this is so annoying and it's a pet peeve for me, but they actually have no idea. They don't think it's that big of a deal. So by having that family meeting and by expressing, not necessarily saying, hey, you did this and you did that and you, it's all about the I. Yeah. So for example, you can get together and be like, hey, can we just talk for a moment? When I see these socks on the ground, I feel and I feel versus hey, when you leave these socks on the ground, I can't believe you are like this and you don't listen to me and you don't, you just kind of, it's 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 a completely different mm-hmm. tone. Very true. So we need to adjust our thinking, give our loved ones the benefit of the doubt, especially when we're feeling enraged. And then when we're in a better mental and emotional state, uh, we can then clarify expectations, boundaries, and how everyone's feeling. I think that is so powerful, Daniel, especially the point where you said, we when we're in a better mental state because when we're angry i don't know about y'all but when i'm angry i am spewing out things that just are coming quick 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 and i'm a really quick thinker and it just comes out but that's not always the greatest things the things that i will say are not seasoned with grace at all Mm. so if we really want to have a two-way conversation where people are, where our family is talking, but also listening, then that needs to be done when we're calm. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue to the next letter, which is C, and that's communicate kindly. Yeah. So just as a quick recap, this episode is all about giving you the tools, five ways in particular to show grace to your family when they drive you crazy. G is beginning with gratitude. R is to resist let it, letting our emotions overtake us. A, which we just talked about, is adjusting our thinking. And this next one is all about communication, to communicate kindly. Because when we're all under the same roof, Sometimes it's far too easy to snap or to respond in a way that's a little bit more snippy than we would have intended. 
A part of communicating kindly is to express times when we need space, like, whew, mama needs a break, remember that in the top of the podcast, and also times that we can engage. For example, when Daniel is on an important call, which is happening often because he's always in meetings and the kids need something, what are you saying to them? Hey, just a, a really quick, hey, I'm on the phone right now, but I can help you afterward, can go a very long way, then, hey, stop. Don't bother me. <laughs> and honestly, that remember that BBC, that guy yeah, like yeah, last yeah. year where the kid comes in and he just kind of pushes the kid out of the yep. way? <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. And literally, <laughs> that's what comes into my mind because the very first reaction, just to be completely honest, is go away. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm can't busy. You, you see, can't... I'm busy. You're exactly. not respecting so, me. But there's mm-hmm. a very, very big difference for our kids to, for me to say to them, hey, I'm on the phone right now. Can, you, can, I, can I help you afterward? Versus just stop. Go away. You're bothering me. Huge difference. Right. Huge. And we have some kids who, you know, at first quick glance, if you just said like, can you stop bothering me? They'd be like, okay. And would just go away. And then we have other kids who would literally break down and cry Mm -hmm. in front of you because they feel so hurt by your words. Yeah. And that's important, right? It's important to know that, but it's also important to realize that when we lose our tempers, we need to humble ourselves enough to apologize. Maybe we need to apologize to our spouse. Maybe we need to apologize to our kids and ask for their forgiveness. We need to remember that we are modeling to our children about how to confess when we've made mistakes. Yeah, because we've all been in friendships and relationships where the other person never thinks that they're wrong. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's so annoying. Yeah, they never apologize even if they are wrong. And it's horrible. I mean, it's it's that's not a relationship that's anyone toxic, wants to continue. Actually, yeah, right. exactly. So instead of being quick to be angry and slow to forgive... Maybe we can take this opportunity to demonstrate to our families what it means to be slow to anger, quick to forgive, and abounding in love. Yeah. We love and appreciate what Paul Tripp writes in his book, Parenting. If y'all haven't read this book, it is incredible. We will (laughs) put it into the show notes. Yeah, and it's one of those books that you want to read slowly. Yes. Because, yeah, there's... It's brilliant. (laughs) Yes, there's a lot of good nuggets in there. So Paul Tripp says, start every day by confessing the anger of the previous day and by asking God to give you the grace that you need so that your responses to your children would not be driven by the condemnation of anger, but by the rescue of forgiveness. Hmm, I love that. I love that. And that brings us to our last letter, which is E, and that stands for Express Genuine Appreciation. So this is where the concept of grace is given hands, <laughs> it's given feet and, and a heart, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's all about expressing genuine appreciation to your family, and it really does become the undeserved gift. Yeah, obviously, our kids can be annoying. I can be annoying. Our spouses can be annoying. We can all drive each other nuts. We can all be perpetrators and we can all be the victims in and through all of this and and yes your dog could be making you want to pull out your hair too (laughs) and your job could just seem impossibly demanding or you might even be like how am i even gonna work because of all the distractions so in some senses you might feel like you are justified and you have the right every right to be in 
um, be in the right and to dish out criticism or angry words because everyone else is distracting you from accomplishing your goals and getting all the stuff done that you know that you that, that that's really on your plate. But when you turn that urge around and instead offer an encouraging word instead, what can this do? I mean, it can bring about calmness. Yep. It can calm yourself, which has happened many times for me when I know I need to calm myself before I speak. It can calm your family. It can calm the person you're speaking to. And it can bring peace to the situation instead of escalating it. So there you go. That's five simple ways to be able to show grace to your family, even when they're driving you crazy. We would love it to take this a little bit deeper. If you were to share this episode with a friend, a coworker, a family member, anyone else in your life that that you know is walking through this like you, and, and we would love for you to share this episode with them. And honestly, take it the next step and have a conversation with them about this and talk about ways that you can help one another show grace to your family, even when we drive each other crazy. So friends and podcast family, uh, we want to leave you with these words by Paul Tripp. God has called you to look for opportunities every day to be part of his process of grace in the lives of your family. He's called you to be his tool of grace again and again and again. Parenting and marriage really is a life of holy repetition. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for listening into today's episode. Everything that we talked about is on inbetween.org slash episode 97. You can just text that link to the friend or spouse or family member or whoever else that you're going to be sharing this episode with. Or if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, just hit the share button and you can connect with them in that way. So Christina, on episode 98, what are we going to be talking about? We have the privilege of interviewing Beth and Jeff McCord. They are Enneagram coaches and they will be telling us how the Enneagram can deepen your marriage connection. All right. Thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.